0: I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Have you ever been in a really thick fog? I mean, really thick fog. Like, you can't see a foot in front of you. Your arms are out in front of you trying to make sure you don't run into anything and you have no idea what or who is around you, which way you are headed, where you came from, how you got to where you are. Everything is disorienting and the the things you run into are, are a surprise. In this environment, you get lost and confused very easily. You get separated from others very easily. Even using a light, Proves incredibly difficult because even the light does not help you. There is no easy solution to handling this thick of a fog. It's overwhelming, all-encompassing, and intense. In essence, it shuts life down for anyone who is actually trapped in it. Well, the same is true of the narcissistic fog that encompasses its victims. And we are going to discuss that here today. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Now, there's a reason that this word FOG appears in capital letters. If you've seen a capital F, capital O, capital G, it's an acronym. It's an acronym for fear, obligation, and guilt. These three words explain the progression of things that the victim of, a nar- of narcissistic abuse goes through, and especially with covert narcissistic abuse so you entered this relationship head over heels in love with this person they seem like the perfect fit a match made in heaven you were completely and fully in love and then one day their anger shows up do you remember the first time you saw that anger do you remember what it was what you were doing what was going on it is quite shocking to the system And it definitely leaves a strong impression. I remember the first time. And I remember my internal reaction going, I'll never do that again. And all I did was tell him he had toothpaste on his mouth. But the reaction that came was so shocking and so aggressive that it it left an impression inside me. So whatever it was that provoked that anger, you now avoid it at all costs. Thus, the beginning of fear. The fear of his or her anger is now a driving force in your words and behaviors. At first, this seems okay, because it's just, you know, one or two seemingly small things. Okay, I'll never tell him he's got toothpaste on his mouth again, but, you know, that's okay. I don't have to tell him. And so it seems small, and we easily sweep it under that rug. You know, maybe some of the small things that you experienced at the beginning were, you know borrowing the tape off of his desk without asking or adjusting his collar before work because it was folded under or asking her to pick up cat food on the way home from the store or you know while we're driving down the road saying hey scoot over a little bit you're a little close to the edge maybe it's giving a hug to a mutual friend who happens to be of the opposite sex you know these seemingly small things and they trigger that that anger response in our partner and that begins this journey of fear. Their reactions are so extreme and so intense that the fight-or-flight response kicks into gear. Our entire body reacts. The first time I experienced this with the toothpaste story, that was in 1998. That was 24 years ago. But I remember the feeling it instilled in me as if it happened yesterday. You see, that day started my journey of coming up with a hundred different ways to say something before I ever said it, of making sure I found that magical way that won't hurt his feelings, that magical way that won't upset him, working extra hard to be ever so gentle with my words. But that was just one, one step, one tiny little step on that journey you know, another time he snapped at me for repeating myself. Now this became a a common thing later, but the first time it happened, you know, it was clearly something I had already told him before and, and I'm telling him again, but, but I was just, it was conversation. And so I'm telling him this situation and, and honestly, I was telling it to him so I could go ahead and explain a little further, but I got this huge reaction from him. You already told me that I'm not stupid. Wow another layer was added to my fear-driven actions. Now, not only am I working hard to be gentle, but now I also have to work hard to be clear and precise and, bas- and you know, definitely never repeat anything I've ever said before. As these experiences begin to add up, and they do when you are with a covert narcissist, living in fear becomes a daily thing. But we don't realize it. For years, I heard people talking about walking on eggshells. I had no idea what they really were referring to. I would hear their descriptions and explanations, but it just didn't sink in. You see, when you're in a fog, you can't see clearly. Till one day, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was like the fog lifted for a brief moment, and it made complete sense. I was living this walking on eggshells thing, afraid to say what was on my mind, Afraid to talk freely without being guarded. Afraid of his reactions, his angry or outburst, or even afraid of his silence, which sometimes was worse. Afraid of him telling me yet again that somehow I had hurt his feelings or upset him. I had made him feel inferior. Afraid that that victim role that he used so strategically was coming again. Afraid of feeling worthless and shameful feelings that I was now experiencing on a very regular basis with him. I was walking on eggshells every day of my married life, and I had no idea. This fear drove me to change my behaviors. I now judged my own words a thousand times before they came out of my mouth. My mind was in overdrive. It caused me to be insecure in my interactions with him, you know, so cautious in how I talked to him. But this also bled over into my relationships with my friends and my family. The fear is the first layer of that fog. Well, this fear drives us into the next layer, obligation. Not even aware of the driving force of fear in my life, it now became an unspoken mission for me to keep him happy or at least not angry. This was my duty, my responsibility, my job, and I stepped right into it. I had to say yes to all of his requests so he wouldn't get upset i had to work extra hard to make him feel loved and appreciated because he was so lacking in that way but this was an impossible job i just didn't know it i didn't question any of this it was just my responsibility you know i'm his wife i'm i'm a peacemaker i'm a fixer even you know i i had to babysit his feelings and his moods when we were at home yeah at work functions at social events at church On vacation, with our families, it didn't matter where. This obligation went with me everywhere I went. Even when I wasn't with him. If he was at work and I was home with our boys, every decision I made was still weighed against what he would think and how he would react. I felt obligated to keep him happy. Not only that, I felt obligated to be affectionate with him. To make him feel special, loved, and appreciated. I felt obligated even to to help him have a positive relationship with his boys. That was my job. This is how the victims of covert narcissistic abuse end up taking on all these responsibilities and everything. Everything becomes their job or, you know, their responsibility. And then when things don't work out, it's their fault. These obligations are the shoulds, the should statements that we take on in our relationship. Let me explain what I mean here. You know, I should come up with activities for him to do with our boys. I should convince him to get off electronics and spend time with his family. I should be more affectionate with him. I should make him feel more loved. I should cook dinner every night. I should keep the house cleaner. I should take on his hobbies so that he'll stay more involved with them. Should, should, and should. We take these on, and then we make them our own, and we actually make it our job. Our whole life becomes a bunch of shoulds. Well, where did these obligations come from? How in the world did I get there? Are they truly what I want, or have I been conditioned to believe this? Maybe I don't want to take on his hobby. I'm just not interested in it. It's not what I want to do, and I'd rather pursue a different hobby because it interests me more. There is nothing wrong with that. When, how did we ever decide that there's something wrong with that? Maybe I don't want to cook dinner every night. You know, maybe that's what his mom did. Maybe that's even what my mom did. But maybe that's not me. Maybe I'm not good at it or maybe I just don't like doing it. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. If you are living a life, you know, under all these shoulds, all these obligations, then it's no wonder That you feel like you're not you anymore i encourage you to explore the obligations that you are living under your should statements i also encourage you to just kind of identify where they came from did they come from your mom your dad did they come from your spouse did they come from society you know they come from a lot of different places but that's the second layer of that fog when we're living under that obligation, those obligations, the fear and the obligations, it's no wonder we don't know who we are anymore. Now, these obligations lead us straight to the third layer of the fog, guilt. If I feel obligated to cook dinner every night, but then I don't do it, I feel guilty. If I feel obligated to be more affectionate with him, but I don't feel like it, I feel guilty. Even if I do choose to then be affectionate with him, but I don't feel like it, I still feel guilty. Side note, there is a reason that you don't feel like being more affectionate with him or with her. These feelings in your body are coming from somewhere. So instead of feeling guilty, I encourage you to explore where the feelings are coming from and why. Living a life out of obligation is a sure way to live a life out of guilt. I've said it before, but one of the biggest issues with covert narcissistic abuse is that it gets inside of us. We actually join the abuser in abusing ourselves. This is part of that. This is where some of that comes into play. That guilt becomes internal. I actually now start blaming myself. And and it's for obligations that they come from somebody else. They're not my obligations. But, but it leads then into guilt. You know, even, even obligations, let's let's take this to a level that's not about the covert narcissistic abuse for a minute. If I feel like my obligation is I should eat healthier, exercise more, you know, lose weight, get in better shape, any of that. But when I don't feel like doing these things and I don't want to do these things, I feel guilty. And feeling guilty typically causes one to make even worse decisions. Why? Because living this way creates that thick fog around us, and it's extremely disorienting. So if I'm feeling guilty about not eating healthy, guess what? I'm going to go eat even less healthy. So simply changing the statement to, I want to eat healthier, is more empowering. It's less obligated. It puts the choice in your own hands, not out of obligation, not because the world is telling you that you should, or your mom, or your dad, or your spouse, or your kids but rather because you choose that you want to. Then if you have a day that you're feeling kind of off or you're feeling differently and you say, you know what, today I want to eat unhealthy. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because you are allowed to be human. When you are living with a covert narcissist, you have been conditioned to live in this thick, thick fog. You have been made to believe that they are better at everything than you are, that they know more about everything than you do, and actually lead you to believe that you don't know much. Again, we join the abuser. You have been conditioned to care for all of their needs and feelings and to accept a complete disregard for your own needs and feelings. You feel obligated to care for all of their feelings. And then if you try to start taking care of your own needs, you feel guilty. You have been taught to fear their anger, their silence, their rejection. You have been taught that it is your job to care for their every whim. You have been made to feel guilty and responsible for any and every bad thing that has ever happened or ever will happen. And in this thick fog, you cannot see clearly. That's why you so badly need the help. You need you need podcasts, you need books, you need uh, coaching. You need therapists. You need friends and family. You need people who will come to you and go, Hey, 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 you know, I had, a, I took all the blame that my husband was gaming so much. I mean, he game. it was an extreme addiction to gaming, but I blamed it on me. I, I even was telling a friend, you know, well, I know it's my fault that he's spending all this time gaming. You know, I probably should fuss out him more. And it's my fault that I haven't stood up to him more on this. And my friend looked me straight in the face and said, do you hear what you are saying? And I stopped and went, what do you mean? And my friend said, this is a full grown man, a father of two children. And you are saying it's your fault that he spends all of his time gaming and doesn't spend time with his boys. That's his choice. It takes help to be able to lift that fog. When you're in that fog, it's disorienting and it's confusing. Things just don't make sense. I look back at it now and go, how in the world did I ever think that way? Well, I have news for you. They are not better at everything than you are. They do not know more about everything than you do. It is not your job to care for their every, every need. You do not need to totally disregard your own needs and feelings. You do not need to fear their anger and reaction. You do not need to care for their every whim and you are not responsible for everything you actually are allowed to walk this earth in peace and happiness. I want you to picture yourself walking on the earth, walking on the ground, a big green meadow, a beautiful sunshine, fresh air, in peace. You can see for miles with such clarity. You can breathe in that fresh air and you feel like your lungs could just not possibly hold anymore. It's just so refreshing. You are living a life that you choose to live. Being who you choose to be. No more fear. No more obligation. No more guilt. That gift of a peaceful life that I am describing is every bit as present for you as it is for anyone and everyone else. You do Deserve it, you are worthy of it, and you can have it. Hang on to this visualization every day. Visualize that fresh air, that peaceful place with no more fog. I'm beginning my next round of group coaching sessions on April 7th. In this six week program, we dive into covert narcissistic abuse, the effect it has on you, and how to break its grasp. Topics include. The covert narcissism checklist and how it applies to your specific situation. Tools for beginning your personal healing journey. Common traits and victims of covert narcissistic abuse. You'd be surprised at how much common ground we all have. Setting boundaries for yourself because your abuser will never honor boundaries. Setting them for your abuser is pointless. That's just fuel for their fire. But setting boundaries for yourself is a much healthier approach. The narcissism spectrum, finding yourself again and taking back control of your life, and this very thing we're talking about today, the narcissistic fog. Here's what some of our members are saying about these groups. The two hours that we spent together last Sunday were among the most valuable and poignant that I have experienced in recent memory. Another member said, I'm so glad I joined this group. I love having a small group where we, where we can really get to know and support one another. This is a powerful step in my healing journey. And the last one I want to share was just recently given to me. She said, putting into words and seeing what I was going through with my husband is one of the biggest challenges I have ever faced. I think it would have been easier to explain to friends and family that I was abducted by aliens and spit out at Area 51 than trying to describe the manipulation and emotional abuse suffered at the direct hands of my, quote, wonderful husband. Renee's group gave us a safe place where you don't have to stumble for words to describe your story. And in fact, you see group members nodding their heads in agreement before you even finish your sentence. Being a part of this support group has been validating and kept me marching forward when I just wanted to crumble. The unique friendships, tips, strategy, planning, and support that I have received from this group is priceless and has boosted me in a more positive direction in gaining control of my life back and mending deep wounds for a better future. To learn more about these groups and to sign up for your spot, they start on April 7th and these spots do go first come visit www.covertnarcissism.com forward slash group dash session. I'll give you that to you one more time. www.covertnarcissism.com forward slash group dash session. And if you can't find it, go to covertnarcissism.com. There is a link there that will take you to that group session page. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. Reach out to me anytime you choose. You can email me at renee, R-E-N-E-E, at covertnarcissism.com. I love to hear from my audience. I love to hear what you guys are going through. It just, it helps so much to know uh, that you're out there and that I'm helping this world. And I so much want all of us on that journey of healing together. Oh, 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 oh oh, 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 oh